Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. George, I really want to talk to people about these things that they bring up in session where they're ashamed, or even girlfriends tell me things that they're ashamed of in sex. And so many things are natural, and they just don't know it's natural, or for whatever reason, they're embarrassed about their body and their body's functions. And, you know, we just got to help people feel more comfortable with all the things that happen in sex. And I I was thinking about 10 things that I hear about this, and I'd love to go through them with you. Let's do it. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Valley, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. So excited. Lori, another in-person training, Philadelphia, unleashing... Oh. The Power of Sex and EFT for Therapists, October 4th and October 5th. This is one of our favorite trainings to do. It's such a need out there to empower therapists to keep their focus better in session and know how to help couples facilitate these bonding conversations through sex. Most of us don't grow up in families talking about this stuff. So get some of the tools that you need, have some fun, engage with other therapists. It's great to be back in person. Oh, yes. It is so great to be in person. We had so much fun in our last in-person training. I mean, people actually laugh at our jokes. And you know, I got to say, some of what we're doing, I think it's pretty cutting edge. We're, we're working on stage one and stage two. For those of you who are therapists in EFT, you'll get what we're talking about. But even if you're not an EFT therapist, there's a lot here that you can learn about how to talk with couples about sex and how to become more expert at it. And if you're a listener and you do have a therapist and your therapist doesn't know about EFT, tell them, you know what, I think you should check this training out. Mm-hmm. I guarantee they're gonna, they'll are gonna they come out of that training with some new tools, which is, that's what we're in the business of, right? Creating change with new tools. Yes. So come join us in October in Philadelphia. 10 things. <laughs> Not to be ashamed, ashamed of. people are ashamed about. Well, I, I do like that you, some of your girlfriends are talking about it. Yeah. I think it's therapists. The, the main thing with shame is it's the secrecy that makes it so vicious. So many people don't talk about it because they don't want their fears confirmed. So they suffer in silence, mm-hmm. right? So that's why we're hoping some of our listeners can identify maybe a couple of things on this list and say, oh, you know, maybe it's not so bad or maybe I can talk about this with somebody <laughs> else. And then, you know, it is it is the antidote to shame is connection. It's it's sharing it with somebody. It's not being isolated. So that's that's our hope for today. Okay. Bum 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 bum. Number one, Lori, what do you got? Well, a lot of people are ashamed of the noises that happen when they're having sex when they make love. Oh wow! <laughs> a lot of different sounds that is right. A lot not of just coming sounds. out of a lot of different uh, places. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really natural to, you know, have past gas or sometimes women after intercourse, they like have air that comes out of their vagina and that makes a little bit of a noise. And I mean, people feel just humiliated about this. 
They they feel like they're. Un- I think maybe the fear is I'm unattractive. You know, this is something that is gross, right? And so they they feel embarrassed. Or sometimes too, I've heard you know just the sound that intercourse makes. You know, it's like oh, that's just so. I I didn't expect that. I don't know. It just feels embarrassing. It's like you know, the slapping of skin. Yeah. <laughs> the moans, the shout outs. I mean, it's oh, just so Oh, we didn't many. even put moans on this list, George, but that's wow. a big one. Yeah. Yeah, all the Some sounds. Some people try to suppress it. Some people don't try to suppress it at all, right? They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And they try to control it, you know, so that they're, I guess, contained. I mean, I think a lot of reasons for that. Maybe kids, when they, boys, when they masturbate, they don't want to mm-hmm. make any noise that alerts their mother and i think women especially are taught don't be loud be ladylike you know shouting and moaning and just giving over to that maybe maybe that's not feminine and contained or something well it's one of the few moments where you can let go and not be contained Mm -hmm. most of us live lives pretty buttoned up and in control all the time and this is one of those moments where some people can let go so i I love what you're saying that if you find that that's something that helps to let go it's one of the few areas like celebrate that don't feel bad about that yeah i mean you just you gotta let what happens happen i mean relax into your body it's it's all good it's all good and i would say especially given to you know your expressions of pleasure like let that out verbally too. I think that's exciting. I think partners think, you know, it gives them a clue as to what they're doing is making you happy and making you feel good. It's a it's a guide. Yeah, I, I remember working with a couple where the guy they were doing doggy style. So he farted. And that was the last time he did doggy style. So you can see the power of what these, you know, these humiliating places, mm-hmm. these embarrassing mm-hmm. can do to just cause us to lose range, lose possibilities. Like our our bodies make noises. That's just the truth of it. And our it's like we have to see there is there's kind of an animal part when we're making love that we're in our bodies. I, I had somebody tell me the other day, oh, you know, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you this about you know, my body. And I'm like, look, at there is nothing you could say to me at this point that's going to be embarrassing. You know, I've heard everything. Do not be embarrassed. It's like, you know, heavens. Uh, it's, it's just natural. I love that line. Our bodies just make noise. Our it makes sounds. Make That's it. That's it. Except no it. big deal. No big deal. All okay. right, number two, what do you got? So our bodies have different smells. You know, like our genitals have different odors. And I mean, we have different odors. Our hair smells, our underarm smell. I mean, you know, certainly most of the time we probably want to make love clean. But even if you, even if you're fresh from a shower, you could still have smell. I, this is kind of an aside, but I was at the hairdressers and she was telling me about her boyfriend. And she had a young son who was like seven or eight. And she said, yeah, my boyfriend thinks that my son's hair stinks, you know, when he's all sweaty and he, when he comes in from play. And he asked me to bring home a shampoo so that my, you know, I could wash my son's hair so that it didn't stink. And I thought, I would drop your boyfriend so damn fast. 
Like, if you can't love, like, I loved my little kids' sweaty heads. You know, my little boys, when they were playing hard and they'd come in from the outside, they'd just smell so good to me, you know. And I, I, I think, I do think smell is important, and I think my partner smells great and in many different ways. You know, I just, I love the smell of his skin. You know, I love the smell of sex. I love everything about it. And I just think if you, certainly if you are turned off early, that might be a, a ticket. Deal but, breaker. Yeah, a deal breaker. But, you know, the, the smell of your lover, I mean, some of it is just maturity. I think, yeah, you, you have a body. Hello. Body that changes during the month and yes. changes as we age and smells are going to change. Our yes. diet, what we eat impacts what we smell. And we're not trying to forgive basic hygiene, right? Because hygiene yes. is really important. And be able to communicate things you don't like and what you could work on. Like you want to take a shower, brush your teeth. I think, you know, all those I'll things are important. Yes. And aftershave is really nice too. I might just it's, add. <laughs> we we could always enhance the smells, but if there's a smell, don't think there's something wrong with your body for whatever smell comes out of it. It's just yeah. doing its thing. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, and we change throughout the day, the way we smell. It's just, it's human. Our body makes sounds, our body makes smells. <laughs> and number three, our body sweats. Do you know that it's, you know, when we are making love, it's very natural. It's part of the arousal cycle that, you know, as we climb that mountain, our body actually perspires and regularly sweats sometimes. It's yeah, just. I don't get that one. Like we were, I was with Kathy. We were in the desert in California. It was 105 degrees. Oof, so obviously we're sweating. She's like, oh, I'm sweating. It's so disgusting. I'm like, it's cool. What's what's wrong with sweat? It's I think it's sexy sweat. So, but you're, <laughs> some people don't feel that way, right? They think their sweating is disgusting. It's gross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice that you told her though that you were reassuring. I think it's sexy sweat. Sex sweat is sexy. I think. But then I, when I tried to initiate sex in this, <laughs> and that didn't work so well. So. <laughs> Sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we sweat during sex. That's normal. That's that's natural. It makes us glide a little bit better on each other's bodies. I mean, there's good purpose in it. Our body makes sounds, it makes smells, and it sweats. We're on a roll here. What do you got for four, Lori? <laughs> okay. I mean, and all of our bodies, every once in a while, get freaked out, stressed out. We can't orgasm. We have erectile dysfunction. Maybe you have premature ejaculation. You can't, if you're a man, you can't come. You get delayed ejaculation. That happens. It just, it does happen. And I think mm -hmm. if you can accept that maybe it's never happened to you, but it's going to happen. And if you just go, hey, okay, you know, this is, this is one time, no big deal. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't, don't get freaked out about it. Just this, every once in a while, you don't know. You know, stress, maybe you had a stray thought that just stopped your arousal. No big deal. Just roll with it and say, well, it wasn't my night, you know. Yeah, that's or why it wasn't I love, your night. I love stats. You know, at least 10% of sexual encounters are going to end with some negativity. Like, that's mm -hmm. just par for the course. It's just the numbers. Like, we've got to learn to embrace that 10%. Maybe learn something from it. You know, what... What didn't work? Who knows? Make adjustments. We we know couples, it's not about getting it being perfect. It's about when you have a miss, you're able to repair it. 
But I think that intentionality that says misses are coming our way. Maybe things are not going to work for whatever reason, right? And that's okay. It's the stress we put on ourselves, you know, the anxiety it creates afterwards that is much worse than just a moment. If you adopt that mindset that says, all right, it didn't work, no big deal, get at it tomorrow night, like things will probably be fine. But you spend the whole time saying, uh-oh, what if tomorrow night's not going to work? And now it's, it starts to build that momentum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a win if you get naked together. That's a win. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe the result is not perfect, but oh, well. The goal's connection. That's an easy one. The goal is connection. The goal's mutual orgasm. Eh, that could be a little tougher. Okay, but we did a whole session on mutual orgasms, George. Mm. We 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 know some people like that as a goal, but I, yes, it you got to have fun getting to that goal. Okay, number five. Some women, you know, they they think my breasts aren't whatever. They're not pert enough they're not big enough they're not lifted enough they're you know one's bigger than the other one's bigger than the other that that happens all the time you know but they they're so hung up or their booty is you know not big enough or too big i mean is there such a thing as a too big booty these days is that even a thing there is it is yes depends on the taste yeah right the booty sagging the booty is uh flat yeah. Let's not even talk about penis sizes. We can do a whole couple episodes on that. <laughs> I've got that crazy stat that like 90% of men think their penis is too small. Right. I mean, that's that's right. that's a problem, right? When when your image is what it's supposed to be, you, the real thing doesn't match just because this perception that's put out there by our culture. Yes. Right? So. And by porn, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's like 85% of women think that their guy's penis is just right. Something's off there, right? Something's off there, yeah. But your message is so important that whatever your body is, that it's working is a gift, mm-hmm. right? To be thankful for what we have instead of being frustrated for what we don't have. There's so much shame attached to our bodies. This beautiful creation that gives us so much, and yet so many people focus on what they don't have, mm-hmm. right? And they're not present when they're doing that. Yeah, speaking of bodies changing, I, I've been watching the new Sex and the City series with the women as they've you know aged like twenty years or something. Did you ever watch the the first series? It's such a girl thing. You probably didn't. No, no. But anyway, it's it's still a girl thing, and but now you know they're not absolutely perfect, you know, but they're all very sensual and they enjoy sex, and most of them enjoy their bodies and. You know, but it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to see on the screen these these women who are some of the most beautiful women in the world, but they're not absolutely perfect like they were when they were 30, you know. Right. And and they're still they're what they're modeling, I think, is an enjoyment of bodies that have changed and they're still enjoying sex. So, I've appreciated that about the show. What a what a healthy message. Yeah, that part is healthy in that show. Yes. All those guys as that belly's growing, the hair's falling out. You know, it is what it is. And, you know, I think the more we focus on what is working and appreciate that instead of not, it just, it it starts to dissipate some of that shame because, it, you know, f- not liking the only thing you have is not going to lead you for, you know, a lot of success. It's not going to be good sex if you're worried yeah. about how you look naked. That doesn't mean don't hit the gym. Sure. 
Sure. Something so, to be said. All right. That. Let's come okay. back and hit the next five. Picture this. You're hanging out in your favorite spot. You've got headphones on and the world around you kind of fades away because you are listening to a Dipsy story and feeling immersed in this really vivid world. And you're starting to turn on as you listen to these sexy scenarios. And then you bring all that energy back to your partner. What do you think, George? Voila, Lori. Developing that erotic mind through listening to one of these Dipsy stories. Dipsy is an app. It's full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. And they bring scenarios to life from immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You know, you discover stories about second chance romances and adventurous vacations. And it's hot and heavy. So, you know, it can be really spicy. You might even be able to listen to an audio by your favorite TikTok creator to like talk about their pleasure and their fantasies. So new content is released every week. In between listening to those favorite stories again and again, you probably find something new to do, something new to explore. And I think adventure is fun in sex. So for our listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash foreplay. So you got nothing to lose. Try it for 30 days and see if these stories rock your boat. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash foreplay. Dipsystories.com slash foreplay. Laurie, we know great lovers are intentional. They bring playfulness, curiosity into the bedroom so they can relax. And we got a great product to help do that. Foria. Foria, right? Their sex oil and their Awaken product is helpful for orgasms. If you want a bigger or better orgasm, Foria is where it's at. They use all natural plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and also relieve discomfort. And I can totally see why that works because it also just kind of helps get everything ready down there. Right. And when you can use both the Awaken arousal oil and the sex oil, I mean, they do combine to pack a little boom. Pack a little punch. For the ultimate pleasure pregame, you really want to use it before you start. And then that kind of gets your body a little bit ready. So I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more and deeper and fuller pleasure whenever you can find it and as often as possible, of course. And you can start with the bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal to our Foreplay fam. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash foreplay or just use the code foreplay at checkout and that's f-o-r-i-a wellness.com forward slash foreplay for 20% off your first order and I recommend trying their awaken arousal oil and sex oil and you will thank us later okay so We've talked about five things already, making noises, smells, sweating, the occasional miss for an orgasm or taking too long or worry about our penis or our breasts. There, I said it again, our penises. (laughs) James Hawkins, you're going to love this episode when Lori starts talking about her penis. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that fantasy, we'll get to it. All right, number six. Okay. Wanting and needing that that it's okay 
It's a healthy expression of who you are to want different things, to need different things. That that expression, if you want to, you know, change positions or you want to do something differently, like how how does that become okay instead of feeling like, oh, there's something wrong with me because I want these things? And I just think, you know, the shame that people feel like asking, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know that their partner needs to do a little bit of this, but they won't say that because yeah. they're ashamed of, needing they're ashamed of hurting their partner. hurting their partner they're ashamed of you know that you know i can't get there with whatever it is they're doing to me yeah just like it's such a horrible moment you know we hear a couple they're in missionary style the woman's not in a place where a clitoris is getting stimulated She's just kind of getting going through the motions, hoping her husband's going to have an orgasm or partner. Her husband is feeling all this pressure to have an orgasm, doesn't feel super engaged, is worried about it, is not even present. I mean, Mm -hmm. and neither one of them can communicate with each other. They can't say like a simplest thing. Hey, can you just touch my clitoris as we're doing this? Or can we change positions? Or, you know, that expression of wants because that fear of shame being triggered just stops so much of the Mm -hmm. communication. Yeah, and sometimes the shame is due to poor information. Mm. You know, mm. he's feeling ashamed, like she's not getting there. She's not getting there. I got to go harder. I got to go longer. I've got to last. Oh, my God, I'm not going to last. And that's not how she gets there ever. But he doesn't know that. Or, you know, she's like, you know, I've told him a million times he needs to touch my clitoris, and he's not doing it. He's just doing his thing. Does he not remember? And and she just feels like I'm so needy. I'm, you know, other women can do it this way. Why can't I? I'm not doing, I'm not getting there the right way. Oh, I've had a lot of women say that. Yeah, I can orgasm, but not the real way, not the right way. I'm like, right. ooh, wow. But there's so much shame in that. Yeah, it's, it's risky because you might get rejected too, right? It's like, can you touch me here? But will you think less of me if I ask for that? Or you think I'm weird? Or you think I'm perverted? So I just won't say yeah. that I like this part of me touched. And it's just that fear stops the expression of the want. Yes. I I like the way you even said that. Asking for that. there's They could get rejected. They could think we're perverted or awful. Wants. Or- Mm-hmm. Wants being met is what leads to great sex, mm-hmm. right? We want wants being met. And if so many wants are never asked, you can see how that just suffocates a relationship. Yeah, it's it's boring sex, right? Because we're never even communicating what our turn-ons are. Yeah, well, let's, speaking of boring sex, the next one, fantasies, right? Ooh, Lori has ooh. a lot to say about fantasies. Ooh, I do. I mean, I just think our minds, when we're in a sexual moment, maybe are thinking sexual things. I think that's okay. I, I think that if what comes into your mind or what you kind of are using as an image to get over the top and, you know, you, you, you think of something sexy, I think whatever that is is fine. Maybe you share it with your partner, but maybe you don't because it's just it's not relevant to your partner. But it's sexy to you, and I think using a fantasy to heighten arousal or to sort of make that bridge into orgasm is good. I, I, I certainly think people can fantasize in ways that break connection with their partner, but most people, you know, they, they think about all kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their mind is just alive with 
erotic thoughts, and I don't think they need to be ashamed of what their turn-ons are. And I think it's okay for your fantasies to align with your values so that you don't want it to go in certain areas. But I, I, I love what you're saying, that there's a reason your brain gets turned on by some of these these ideas and to not feel like there's something wrong with you because you have them. I mean, mm -hmm. we all have them, right? It's totally normal to let your erotic mind wander and play. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you be a sexual creature and not see attractive people or think of things and and then if you're going to feel ashamed of it every single time it's like mm -hmm. you know maybe certainly like you said aligning with your values and not necessarily dwelling on someone or somebody that you know is not your partner and then makes you want to long for that person that's probably not a good thing but just erotic thoughts and stuff like that 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 kind of makes you that infuses you with eroticism to allow your mind to to think about sexy stuff. Yes. All right, moving on. Number eight. It's okay to want to bring in some something external. You want to bring in that vibrator, that lubrication, that swing, whatever it is. That's, <laughs> that just, swing. Oh, George, so let's talk about that swing, shall that we? Swing. I, I want to hear about the swing. <laughs> well, that idea of novelty, of just trying to turn that bedroom into a playground. Uh -huh. right? That's And we talk a lot about this in other episodes, some gas pedals and brakes, but just don't feel... I don't think we've. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about the swing, though. I think I need to hear you talk about the well, swing. Well, that'll be another episode. <laughs> I'm going to avoid that topic. Because, you know, I, I the like swing... I like to tease George every The, the swing that I was on, you kept hitting the pole. So, you know, it was, they, were, they were getting away of each other. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, like, you're right. People with external stuff that they want to try, it's like vibrators. They feel so ashamed of it or... I need a lubricant, can grab the lube. Like people don't, they're not natural about that. They can just feel ashamed. And even if they're dry and it's hurting, I hear lots of women who say, you know, I'm dry and, uh, you know, sex hurt me. I'm like, why did you have intercourse when you were dry? Like, why did you not use a lube? Or, you know, they, oh, I, I don't know. You know, I don't want my partner to know I'm not young. I'm like, well, I think your partner probably knows that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, uh, again, aligned with your values. If you want to watch a movie that gets you aroused and, you know, it's engaging with you and your partner, like bringing these things in to deepen the bond, to bring more energy into the bedroom. We're always measuring the outcome, right? If it leads to greater connection, it's working. Why not be open to exploring it? If it's leads to competing attachment and threats and more anxiety, it's probably not so working. So it's right. up for every partner to decide, you know, what works and what doesn't work for them. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. So many people, they, they lose the ability to kind of have more fun because they're just afraid of, of bringing it up again. Right. And if we're with a partner for a long time, there's a lot of fun things we can try. And like you said, some of these things bring more energy. And so if it's great energy and it becomes about our partner and us, that's, that's a good thing, you know? I cannot believe how many couples, just the introduction of a vibrator, how it totally changes their sexual relationship. <laughs> just one little external thing that's like mm -hmm. two inches in size just totally takes it to a whole different place. 
Yeah. I mean, vibrators are really a, a nice way for a woman's body to be able to get aroused quickly. That's so great. There we go. All right. Okay. Number okay, nine. another ashamed thing is sometimes people don't make eye contact. Mm. I will say, you know, uh, who was it? Schnarch, David Schnarch. He's a sex therapist and a writer. He's passed away, and he had a lot of things to contribute to the field. But one of the things he talked about was eyes open orgasm. I think I was 40 years old when I read that, and I'm like, you mean you can keep your eyes open when you have an <laughs> orgasm? That's possible? <laughs> I don't think I'd ever even thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. And for well, him, it's... it was this pinnacle, right, of this merger moment of I, well, and I can see it. I, I think that's that's a beautiful thing, but I'd never really thought about it until that point. Yeah. Well, do you think there's something wrong because you want to see your partner, or is there something wrong because you want to keep your eyes closed? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is happening in every sexual encounter, but people never mm -hmm. really talk about it. And they usually think there's something wrong with whatever they're doing anyway. That seems to be mm -hmm. the common theme here, right? Shame says, I'm doing something wrong. Something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's okay to want your eyes open, close, to kind of go back and forth between the two, whatever, whatever works. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe the wish for eye contact is the mm -hmm. wish for some sense of greater intimacy right. and and I'm making love to you, you know, it's it's personal. And so when I'm looking at my partner, that's that can be a good thing, an intimate thing. And maybe sometimes we get ashamed of that intimacy. It's like I'm naked and ashamed, right? I, there's just something difficult about being so vulnerable. And so maybe yes. we close our eyes. The original sin, shame wants to turn away. Mm -hmm. That's what the hiding does. Mm -hmm. And closing your eyes could be a form of that hiding. So yeah. I, I, there's yeah. the eyes of the window to the soul. You want intimacy. You want deep connection. You're not going to find a better way than kind of in these moments. That's a, such a beautiful way of strengthening the emotional bond. Mm -hmm. right? So how many couples never even think about it? Like you said, I was 40 years old. And I didn't even, never even <laughs> occurred to me. So hopefully some of people listen to me are like, huh, what do I do with my eyes? Like, you know, <laughs> this, let's, think, let's think about this. Toothpicks, just to <laughs> keep them open. All right, last okay, one last here. one. So, you know, sometimes we're ashamed that we don't want to do everything our partner wants to do, and maybe that makes us too vanilla or that makes us boring in bed, and people get ashamed. It's like, yeah, I'm not as exciting of as a partner as his last partner or something, and, and then they feel embarrassed right. by things that they're really – not turned on by but that their partner wants what mm. how can we help them with that shame yeah i think it's we are such big fans of the word no right being able to say no to not put your body in a position where it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't like something that's what leads to bad sex mm. right being Definitely. able to understand your no and the good reasons you know i don't i don't like that position i don't like to be touched that way i don't like that rhythm i don't like like that's okay mm -hmm. and being able to express it allows you to actually communicate more clearly what it is that you will like i mean the no is such good information and yet so many of us don't want to share because we don't want to hurt our partner and and it just leads to this kind of isolation absolutely the road to yes comes through no oh yeah say that again Lori. the road to yes comes through no if you there can't you say no to your partner your whole heart won't be open and be able to say yes 
You know, so you have to you have to be able to represent yourself and say, sorry, that that's not me. That's not what I want. That's not what I want to do. And it's okay to be different than your partner who maybe yeah. wants to try something else. But I um, think being able to ask is important. I think, like, right, we want the partner to want and need and represent their wishes. Mm-hmm. But it's also okay to say, and you don't have to feel ashamed of saying, I'm, I'm just not into that. No. It's I want to swing. Thing. Yeah, but you don't want the swing. <laughs> That's swing. the most common thing we see with couples. One the swing particularly is the common thing. One person's gas pedal becomes another person's <laughs> break. And, and again, that's just a setup for all couples. We have to have a platform because if we could talk about it, we can repair it. It's the silence that leads to the suffering and the shame. And that's the thing that starts to kill the intimacy in a relationship. So It does. Do you guys keep the swing in the guest room? Because, you know, sometimes I go to the <laughs> well, guest room. You want to use it when you come over, huh? <laughs> All right. We'll bust that thing okay. out for you. Okay. So, thanks for listening. Keep, keep it, hot. it hot, baby. I would love to invite you. This is women only, but we are having a retreat in Asheville on November 10th through the 12th, and it's going to be a slumber party. And so, we're going to like, all stay together in the same cabin. It's a beautiful space and we're gonna have meals brought in and made and and we know who the chef is and so it's going to be wonderful. Maybe drink a little bit of wine if you'd like to. And we have kind of some talks and time to work together on your sexuality. So the whole goal of this women's sexuality retreat, the slumber party, is to basically enhance and develop yourself, your erotic self inside. So we're going to be talking about anatomy and physiology and sexual attachment. We're going to talk through blocks, you know, what stops us? What are the breaks against our sexual expression? And then what are our gas pedals? What are our turn-ons? How do we open up more sexually, like with enhanced sexual pleasure? We're going to talk about orgasms and role play and using joys and fantasies and some stuff. And each night we're going to have a pajama party where we just relax Asheville around and talk on the deck and hang out together. And and then on Sunday morning, we're going to set our focus and have concrete steps toward sexual engagement with our partners. Sounds pretty awesome, Lori. And all the men, don't worry about it. Maybe we'll have like a Spartan camp out somewhere, have a couple (laughs) beers and, you know, we'll do our own version of that someday. That would be great. So love to invite you. I will post it on foreplaysextherapy.com under resources. And there will be the retreat, the scheduling events, and you can link and figure out if you can make it with us on November 10th through the 12th. In Okay, so tell us about your cutting edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment by moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. 
right? You need to have some ideas. So we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.